been talking about this a lot. I did a speaking event in San Diego yesterday. Got a chance to get some feedback with with um, you know with Republican women and stuff. And and this business about the Republicans have a, a philosophy but not a brand. I think that's really, 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 really important. Uh, that uh, the the thing that's becoming clear to me in the last week is that people could vote for a guy like John Fetterman or or Biden for that for that matter. As I said before, because they love Bobby Kennedy so much, they know what the Democratic brand is. If you say woke politics, you don't have to like it, but you know what it is. And we have um, principles and we have uh, philosophy and all of that, but we don't have. It's not a brand. It's yeah. it's it's not a vision. It's not a clearly articulated repeated vision on what it means to be a Republican. All it really means to most people is you're the guys who say no to everything. And um, and that development of a brand, all, all, the only reason I'm, I keep coming back to this is because it's clear to me what happened was, is that on, on the midterms, people came out and voted for the brand. You can't vote for Fetterman. He's clearly, no, he's, he's not there. His brain but is putting. But you can vote for the brand. You know that you know that if you vote for Fetterman, either Fetterman's going to have a Democrat helping him through the process, or he'll be replaced by a Democrat. But you, you're buying the brand, and and crafting that brand message is my kind of my new mission is trying to figure out what how to get that down to something really. I don't want to say pithy because I don't want it to sound phony, but. Um, Condensed, clear, simple, three lines. That's it. That's what we, this is what we believe in, and and we've had this conversation before about how, uh, at least going into the election, and certainly to some degree after it, there was a large shift of Latino voters and 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 to some degree black and women voters towards the GOP. But it's not towards the GOP. It's away from the Democrats. So where's our where's our brand advertising to make them want to come here, not just to run away from you know. From Pepsi. I don't know if this is like the normal course of the way the world works, but you could make the argument that the best thing that Republicans have going is Democrats, uh, because the transitions we're wow, seeing yeah. of people moving from Democrats to Republicans are largely not because they're saying, oh, you Republicans, you have it all together. Um, they're really just trying to escape a world that seems increasingly alien to them. And I say that of people who came into this country as immigrants who are looking at, at Democrats and going, wait, this is not my country. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, couldn't agree more. But wouldn't it be nice – wouldn't it be nice if instead of them just running away from the Democrats and finding oh, yeah. themselves, you know, wouldn't it be nice if they said, wait a minute, those guys actually make some sense. I like the sound of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Try Coke and um, Pepsi sucks. The, yeah. The, the flip side of that, though, is the problem isn't I believe the problem is real and we would be doing much better if we had a damn brand. But in some ways, the problem isn't as bad as it seems. It's just unbalanced uh, to dredge up something that Democrats love to say about 2016. Um, Republicans last week won the popular vote and it wasn't even close. Um, we got like five million more votes for congressmen and senators than than the Democrats did. Just not so in the right places. that's that's good. Exactly. In the districts that mattered in the states that mattered, like Pennsylvania, not enough people showed up to make the difference. Um, and of course, you know, we know what goes on in Philly uh, and probably Arizona as well. Uh, that said, it's, it's, it's much harder to seal a bunch of congressional districts. I don't worry about that as much. Uh, but in those swing districts, we didn't present enough of a message. And some of that is weak candidates. Some of it is our lack of a brand. Um, 
And we've got to accept this new reality until we can get it changed, that ballot harvesting is a thing. And instead of winning votes, we got to go out there and harvest ballots. It sucks. It's un-American. But we've got to play the game that the Democrats have set up, and we've got to play it better than them until we can fix it. Well, I want to come back to that in a minute. But but the the main point I'm trying to make here is you let, let's take uh, Fetterman and Oz, right? It's a, probably the clearest example yeah. uh, in the last um, last week. So Fetterman is incapacitated. There's no question about it. He wins this election over Oz because Oz was a poor candidate. I think everybody agrees he wasn't, wasn't a particularly strong candidate. Terrible. But the reason that Oz wasn't a strong candidate was because Oz never had a coherent message of who Republicans were. If, if we had had a brand and that the brand was – I'm not talking about talking points. This is a different thing completely, right? Talking points are just – just that's just spin. If, if, if we had had a brand and, that, and, it, and had the party discipline to make sure that every candidate that was running as a Republican at least went through the motions of saying what that brand is, then we very likely could have made enough of a difference. So there's a group of people who are voting Democrat their whole lives. The change in the Democratic Party is pushing some number of them off the cliff, right? We don't know how many, but some significant number is, is just leaving them. How much more of, the, of a transition would there be if we presented something that was actually genuinely attractive and positive, right? We, we, we concentrate on the candidate, they concentrate on the brand. And that's why they elect these candidates. Dan Feinstein has not been able to finish a sentence and neither is Nancy Pelosi. These people are, are gone, but they, but they represent the brand. And I think there's, again, I come back to this all the time. I think, I think that we've seen, we've seen emotion and messaging used so effectively against us that we think inherently there's something wrong with it, that this somehow it's, it's, you know, it's not real. Like, oh, brand is just kind of advertising term. Well, it is an advertising term. But advertisers move a lot of product. Yeah, yeah, it works. That's why that's why Coke sells more stuff than RC, right? Because because they are a known brand, and not to bring back this thing that I beat to death eight years ago, but if you decide that you're just going to be a little less democratic than the Democratic Party is, if that's your only brand, now you're new Coke, right? Now you're something that the Coke drinkers don't like and the Pepsi drinkers don't like. You're, you're right smack in the middle. You've walked away from a, a, a great brand. And and we, if, if we, look, the reason I'm going through this is because if we understood what the brand was, we would be able to deal with the attacks on our brand much, much, much better. For example, we want voter ID in order to vote because we think that voting is a right to citizens. And if you limit the vote to the people who are legally able to vote, you have some idea of how many votes go into the box. If you've got a voting machine, doesn't matter what it is. If you've got a, an election machine, right, you put 100 ballots in there and you get 40 for one guy and 60 for another guy, then you've got a pretty good idea that's an accurate vote. But if you presumably put 100 ballots into that box, meaning that's the number of registered voters, and one guy gets 60 votes, another guy gets 80 votes, now you know you got a problem <laughs> because that number is greater than the number that could have gone in theoretically, right? So we want, so we want election integrity. We want IDs. Let's just stay, stay with IDs. So I'm, I'm trying to walk, work out what I'm trying to get across here. So we say we want voter IDs. Now, the Democrats say that voter IDs are a tool of white supremacy because it suppresses people of color who, who can't get IDs. Uh, I saw a guy, I've mentioned him before, 
young guy, conservative guy, goes to Berkeley or UCLA, asks all these white students, do you think requiring a, an ID to vote suppresses the vote? And every one of them says yes. And he says, why? He says, because it's much harder for, for people of color to get, to get an ID. So he asked this question five, six times. You get all these young, rich, white kids saying, of course, it's not fair to black people. Then he goes into a black neighborhood and says, do you think you should have to have an ID in order to vote? And all of the people there say, well, of course, you should have to have an ID in order to vote. Of course. And, and then when he says there are college kids who are saying that, that, that people of color, I hate that term, but we use it because it's a term. People of color are not able to get an ID or it's harder for them to get an ID. And some of them just plain laugh. Yeah. You know? And so, so when I say we've got, when I say we have a brand, when people say, oh, you're wanting voter ID is, is vote suppression, you need to immediately be able to respond and say, so hold on, I'm saying that people who are registered to vote need to prove who they are. You're saying it's not fair because people of color cannot get IDs. You're saying that people of color aren't able to cash a check. They aren't able to buy alcohol. The idea of a, of a black person getting on an airplane is completely beyond them. They think it's just a silver bird that's flying overhead. <laughs> that's your opinion. That's your opinion of how black people are your opinion is is that they're not capable of getting an id when in point of fact everybody in this country has to have an id in order to do the most basic things and you cannot counterattack if you don't know what the moral ground you're standing on is right and so we just let them do it we just let them do it no it's a, it's a, it's voter suppression it's not it's cheating suppression well, and I think when you get to, yeah. to the point, so you've just uh, explained the philosophy of this, but when, when you're talking about the branding, even the language that we seem forced to use to talk about this, you actually used the phrase at one point, we want to limit the vote to those who are legally allowed to vote. That's not really what we want to do. We don't want to limit anything. We want to make sure that nobody steals your vote. And so when you bring your ID in, we make sure that no one else can take your identification. And so we're Beautiful. not trying to That's limit- a much better way of putting it. We're yes. not limiting anybody. We're ensuring that nobody limits you. Right. And Absolutely. we've had this, I don't know if we had this discussion last week, but this has been on my mind quite a lot. So uh, let's take the abortion issue, right? We lose that issue. At least we lose a lot of people on that issue. The instant- that we allow them to say choice. The second they say choice, we've we've lost because we're the pro-choice pro people. We're the people who, who who believe that you shouldn't have to take an injection that you don't want. We're the people who believe you should be able to work where you want to, whether it's a union state or not. We believe yeah. you should be able to control things in your lives better than the bureaucracy can. We believe you can spend your money better than the government can. Everything we're about is choice. And so the way you deal with that problem is, is when somebody says, well, I'm pro-choice, it's my body, it's my choice. You, you say, I'm, I'm completely in favor of choice, ma'am. I'm 100% I'm with you on choice. I think as far as, you're, as, as far as I'm concerned, you want to cut your hair, you want to cut your fingernails, you want to lop off body parts, none of my business. That's your choice. But when we're talking about abortion, that is not your body. It's in your body, but it's not your body. It's got its own DNA. It often have a different blood type, right? By any measure of standard of science, and you're the party of science, so you would know this, right? There is, there is no question that, the, that the, the fetus inside you is not your body. It, it is not your body. It's a completely different genetic makeup. You didn't put it there by yourself, right? It's in your body, but it's not your body. So now... We're not talking about the choice of what you do with your own body. I don't care what you do with your own body. I care about what you do with the body that's in your body. And now all of a sudden, you're no longer the, the anti-choice people, right? We're no longer the guys who are saying you can't get an earring piercing because we want, we're going to control what you do. And No, no. 
we we just keep missing the point. It, it reminds me of that. It was an ad lib moment, but I, I just remember it so clearly. You know, what's your opinion on free health care as a conservative? I'm 100% in favor of free health care. 100%. Who wouldn't be in favor of free health care? Of course, I'm in favor of free health care. Free health care for everybody. But it's not free. It costs a lot of money. And now since it costs a lot of money and it's not free, now we have to talk about how to pay for it. If we're going to talk about how to pay for it, now we're on our ground and we're not on their ground. And these, the, this last week has been just me constantly realizing how, how the rhetorical intelligence of the left has been able to frame issues and questions so that you lose the second that you try to answer the question, and right? Because, it, because you've accepted the premise that they're building into the question. It actually goes deeper than that. They are able to maintain their whole party of science brand even after their own Supreme Court nominee said she couldn't define what a woman is because she's not a biologist. Right. So that's part of the, that's of the brand. brand. That's part of the Republican brand. I haven't got it worked out yet, but I'm, but I'm cogitating well, and collating. I think this, the other yeah. half of what you're saying, Bill, is to say, um, and, and this is where I think we often fall down as conservatives, because it can seem rather cavalier to just give the biological response and say, well, this is not your body. It's a, somebody else's body that's in your body without acknowledging um, that in many cases, uh, that pregnancy is not a volitional choice. Now, it's a it's a small percentage relative to the overall number of these pregnancies that end in abortions, but there are quite a few cases where people are not intending to be pregnant and were, you know, whether they were raped or it was incest or let's take those cases that we tend to brush aside and say, oh, well, that's a fraction of a percent of whatever happens. No, we got to acknowledge that fraction of a percent. There are, there, yeah. these are individuals, these are human beings. And so we say, look, we know that you're in a tough situation, whether that's because somebody did something horrible to you or because it was just a mistake and now you find yourself overwhelmed. We want to be there to walk with you through this process. We want to be in a position to Support set you, you up so that no further harm is done after the initial mistake or, or act of violence or whatever it was that resulted in that. We want to make sure that that other person that you now carry inside of you doesn't suffer harm as a result of a bad decision or uh, of some evil that was done to you. So, so let's get you in a position so once you give birth, you know, you can can hand that child over to a loving family that's going to take good care of them. Or if you wish to raise the child, that you know, let's let's. Uh, pair you up with local resources where people can help you, whether it's a congregation or a local charity organization or individuals or family. But that that half of the equation that acknowledges, uh, you know, this is where the left wins because they look like they care. And they I'm not care, saying yes. they don't, by the way. I'm not one of these people on the right who's like, oh, they, you know, the people on the left are all evil all the time and all they want to do is increase the number of people that get killed. I think that there are many people on the left, many Democrats, many so-called pro-choice Democrats who think they are being compassionate. I completely and we, agree. We yeah. fall down in that area because our compassion doesn't find expression. And yet so, in the space of 20 years, we went from safe, legal, and rare to uh, let's have abortion up to the moment of birth. Or in the case of Montana now, let's have the ability to deny life-saving care to babies that, that are born. This is where This is where the Democrats are losing their own people, right? It is now part of the Democratic brand to not only be 
pro, I'm, I'm not, not going to deal with these pro-life, pro-choice advertising terms. The left, the, 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 the brand of the Democrats now is to be pro-abortion, not reluctantly pro-abortion, enthusiastically cheerleading for abortion, right? And so that's, we find that morally reprehensible. And you're right. Virtually all of the people that go go in for abortions go in because I think the number of people that were actually raped or, or something like that is extremely small. Abortions just use as birth control for, for people who didn't use birth control. So what I'm what I'm thinking as just I, I'm just spitballing things, right? I'm about as opposed to government handouts and government funded things as just about anybody on this earth. However, there are birth control options, right? Aren't there long-term birth control things that implant like something yeah, like about Norplant, the size of the birth? Yeah. And, it, and it lasts for how long? For a year? Or uh, I think it has to be done quarterly or uh, twice a year. Okay. Let's say it lasts for a, a year just for the sake sure. of the year, right? I would be in favor of having the government provide those for free, even though that's against my principles, if it would significantly reduce the number of abortions, which is also against my principles, Right. If if you if you were to be, nobody's addressing the issue. We're, we're addressing the outcome of the issue. The outcome of the issue is babies are being aborted, but the actual issue is is people are having are having sex in a way that allows them to become pregnant. Now, the Democrats will tell you that they didn't want to become pregnant. That's why we're using abortion. We've all been there. We know what it's like. Heat of passion. Blah blah blah. But if we were to come out and say, listen, in the interest of preserving life, we are going to provide you with a much better version of frankly we don't we don't have to necessarily say this this is your responsibility birth control if you don't want to have any kids then then the technology exists but if we made if we made birth control the prevention of conception if we were to able to if we were able to do that i'd be willing to trade that for the number of 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 human lives that we would save and, and these are the kind of things that I'm talking about when we don't have a brand. We have a position, but we don't have a, but we don't have, a, we don't have a, a justification. And, and I don't think it's so much the particular technique that we recommend to be able to deal with the problem. I think it's a sense of tone. It's a sense of uh, conveyed compassion. And, and, and I think that's where we fall down. It's like, yes, we know how we feel. You know, as a conservative, I know uh, how I feel. And, you know, I'm the guy who cries at McDonald's commercials, you know, when the little kid falls <laughs> down on the pond and Ronald comes up and helps him skate. You know, like I, I am very moved and very eager to help other people. I mean, I just uh, spent Sunday uh, at church with my wife and watched uh, two sets of 450 volunteers each, one during each morning church service, uh, pack food for a country in Africa. And they, in that two, just one morning at church, they packed 251,000 plus meals for people in Africa at one church in Texas. And I know this is happening all over the country. And the thing is, those people aren't going to generally stand up and crow about it, you know, and, no, and I wasn't doing the work. These people were, I was just in awe of it and, you know, trying to not trip over anybody. Uh, but that's, I'm not saying we become more self-promotional, but I, I'm saying we should not be afraid of feeling something. We should not be afraid of acknowledging Completely. that, that somebody who looks at a woman who they can see, but 
is considering a baby who they can't see is much more likely to be moved by the plight of the woman, even if the woman's plight is much less threatening than the threat to the baby. The baby is a mortal threat. The woman is being inconvenienced in her career, perhaps. She's suffering a setback that's going to cost her time or money. She's crying on TV and the baby isn't. Yes. And and, and I'm not trivializing that. For her- No, I'm not either. For her- I'm just cutting to the chase. That's a very real- crisis. And if we sweep that aside and basically say, oh, well, we don't care what your situation is. That's no excuse. Well, that may be true, but I don't think it's true that we don't care. If that woman were in the room with you right now and she was sitting there weeping because she doesn't know what she's going to do because she wasn't planning to be pregnant at the age of 19 and she's still in college or she was hoping to get into a trade school and now everything's screwed up, I think you'd feel for her. And I don't think you would just flippantly say, well, yes, you made your bed, you Go lie out in there it. And, yeah. so, so while you were talking, I realized, yes. And, and this is how you cut the Gordian knot. And this is what I'm talking about where so many of the issues that we're facing, we lose when we walk onto the field. And this was the genius of Andrew Breitbart. He could see those kind of traps and he simply just, he would just refuse to walk onto the field. So, so really what you're saying is the way you handle the abortion issue is you basically say, to to um, mostly single women, to women who would otherwise have gotten an abortion, right? You say to them, listen, let's just put all this garbage aside. We're actually on the same side, right? You didn't want to become pregnant and have a and have this child or this fetus within you, whatever you call it, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. We don't want that to happen either, right? We don't. We may not have the same reason for not wanting it, but we're on the same page. We both agree that you getting pregnant as a result of this encounter, which is what happens to human beings. I don't know a single person who hasn't been there at some point in their life, right? So I understand how this dynamic works. So we're on the same team here, right? You don't want to get pregnant. We don't want you to get pregnant unless you want to. So what can we do about that? And in a case like this, it, it may not be a perfect solution, but if you cut the number of abortions in half, if you cut the number of abortions by 10 or a one or a hundred, that's a net gain, right? And, and what's the cost? There's no cost. If there's a government cost involved, then, and that's a solution. Well, I find government solutions to be the last step of the, of, of the, of the ladder. But if that's what it takes to save these lives, then that's what we do. So you basically make it exceedingly easy. But I still think, I still maintain that it's the long-term reversible, I cannot be clear enough about this, right? Long-term but reversible birth control. Something where you could get, uh, if you could get something that lasted for a year or two or a year, Two, three years. I, I, I looked it up. Uh, Norplant is uh, great. Uh, it actually, it's it's a five year implant. It'll, la- it'll last for up to five years. Uh, it's got a it's got a success rate of ninety nine point five percent. So a point uh, actually, a, excuse me, no, it has a failure rate of point oh five percent. So okay, it's it's it's, it's five damn near years. flawless. The only issue is if I if I read this correctly, and I was just glancing at it, because I'm trying to listen to you guys mostly. Mostly. Uh, If I'm reading this right, it can only be used for the five years once, and then some alternate form of birth control needs to be found. Okay. All right. Most most women who are pregnant who don't want to be pregnant fit into an age group that's not a whole lot bigger than five exactly. You get you get eighty percent of them, I bet you, if you if you could do that. And and certainly more than half. So now we're talking about now we're look. 
again, I'm just, I'm just trying to cut the Gordian knot, cut to the chase here. Now we're talking about just plain horse trading. And, and when I say horse trading, I mean horse trading of values, right? So what if we were to come out and say, listen, the we will pay either voluntarily or through the government or whatever. We will pay for this. And not only that, we'll pay you 300 bucks if you get it done, cash on the spot, right? right. That is against everything I believe in. But if you cut 60, 80% of the total abortions for that, that's, that's a trade I'm willing to make. And it's politics. Right? Yeah, it it is horse trading. It's the reality of it's yeah. the reality of the world. And and I can place, I can weight those two things in terms of importance to me on a moral scale. Yes, I don't like the idea of government doing handouts. I don't like paying people for for these kind of things. I don't like that. But I like the alternative a lot less. So if that's what it takes to eliminate this or reduce it significantly, the, all I'm saying is these are the kind of conversations we should be having, and we're not. We're not addressing the issues. We're addressing the outcomes. And if we were to go at that place and, and, and especially incorporate Scott's repeated point that we're not doing this for political reasons or, or we're doing it because we're on the same side here, right? It's a catastrophe. You don't like it. It makes you cry. It makes us cry. So why don't we stop it? We can, you know. Why don't we I, stop it? I think there's also a place for um, conservatives to acknowledge the different role of men in this situation. Because while men and women are both involved, uh, in some cases violently, but in other cases consensually uh, in the process, the man can walk away without a baby in his belly. You know, he, yeah. he walk and he can walk away. I mean, he can go far away <laughs> and, and never be accountable for that. And I think acknowledging that up front too, and, and telling the woman that I understand the situation you're in and it's not fair because you were both involved in this situation, but only you have to bear the burden, literally bear the burden of um, this um, decision. And, and I think everything that we're talking about here does something that that I've been dreaming that conservatives would do for a long time. And that's not just be logical and not just be correct and you know not just tell the truth, but actually make an attempt to persuade people who don't already agree with you. And the way you persuade people is by coming around to their side of the table and seeing it with their eyes and understanding it in their language. You know, I've done a lot of study on marketing in the past year and a half. And one of the, uh, the great lines from one of the great fathers of direct response marketing, uh, he said, you enter into the conversation that's already underway in the prospect's mind. And that's how you persuade. And then when you write, you use the prospect's language. You use the way they think about it. You listen to how they talk about it and you reflect that back to them. And what that does is that says to the prospect, so to speak, he's listening to me. He understands me. He gets me. And therefore, he, and it's funny because they say in direct response advertising, even it, it doesn't almost matter if you have a solution to the problem. The fact that you listened and can reflect back the actual language that people use to describe the problem makes them think you have a solution to the problem. Absolutely. <laughs> I can and give you a perfect real world example of exactly how well that works. Uh, I lost my uh, best friend to leukemia back in 99. So it's been a long time, but he was a single, single guy, a bit of a wild man. And he had the perfect flawless, I mean, almost a hundred percent way to get a girl into bed. And you know what he did? He talked Is to that, her. 
He listened and he repeated back to her what she had just said to him and magic. Yeah, it's a, we should – now, yeah, that's right. – that I don't want to imply – um, that we're trying to get the prospect into bed, but in the we're trying no, to do something but, that's for but the I'm person's giving you a own real good. world example. I'm giving you a no, real world yeah. example of how what you are saying works, and are it there, does. For good. I've seen it. Yeah. Are yeah. there? Are there? Is there um, anything equivalent to that implant that works on males? Uh, not yet. They keep they keep promising a male pill uh, okay. when they de- when they deliver. It's going to be huge. What okay. was that woman's name? Lorena Bob. The reason I said. The reason I say, reason I say that is because Reversible you said scale. Scott that, that that the guy can just walk away, and that's true. He can walk away from the woman, and the woman's left there. But but what also needs to be said is, he can walk away unless somebody produces a DNA test, in which case he's going to have to be paying child support for the rest of his life, right? Until until that child is eighteen. Those rulings are are coming down all over the place. You you turn out that you are the father of that child. You didn't marry the woman. You made, it was a one night stand. You're responsible for the child support there. So you've got an argument that you can make on the male side too. You can basically just turn this thing into a, Hey, look guys, we're not, you know, we're not powerless over this thing, right? Here's a solution. Makes everybody happy. Men can fool around and not have to worry about child support. Women can do whatever they want to. They don't have to have unwanted pregnancies. If you decide to have a child, you have this thing removed. Happy days. Wonderful. It's almost like it's almost like saying the uh, and I have to be very careful about this because I have a, a lot of moral questions with what I believe personally. But it's almost like what you're trying to sell is imagine a world where men and women having as much sex as they want to does not produce in any kind of conception. And in order for that to happen, you have to flick a switch that says, I want to have a baby rather than hoping yeah. that you flick the switch that says, I don't want to have a baby. And and I don't know how it works with women. I'm 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 not a woman. I will never be a woman. I will never identify okay. Are you a biologist? A Are you a biologist? I, I, actually, it, it says biologist in my Twitter profile, but oh, that's, okay. that's, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, that, they're um, qualified to make that decision. But... When they do come out with the male pill, we won't need any reminders. Guys will be eating those things like popcorn. Now, the the other uh, element of this, and we're going to get feedback on this from people who will say, you know, why are you pushing people toward an immoral lifestyle? And um, and I don't think that's the point at all. Um, and I'm certainly not saying, hey, let's facilitate a massive irresponsible sex uh, among people because there are more consequences than just pregnancy to uh, fleeting relationships. Yeah. There's a there's devastating emotional consequences that don't involve Completely. a baby. Um, and so, you know, I'm not, and I don't think Bill and Steve are suggesting that what we do is we try to sell uh, free sex, basically. But um, we're trying to sell harm reduction here. At the same time, we exalt, like a friend of mine used to, was a former alcoholic. um, And he said, he would tell teenagers, he said, look, if you wait to have sex, until you have it for the first time with the woman that you've made a lifetime commitment to, you will always have the best sex that you've ever had. And basically he's saying, and if you don't do that, if you've tried the field, then there's always a little bit in the back of your mind that's kind of running a comparison <laughs> and say, oh, I could have had so-and-so, she was better, you know, like, or he was better. Um, but e- exalting the, the emotional satisfaction 
of having somebody who cares about you so much that they've devoted themselves to you, excluding all others, and and having that bond that goes on. You know, my wife and I are approaching 30 years now. Um, that is so awesome. Like people are often surprised when I'm leaving work and they're like, oh, excited to be getting out of here. And I said, no, I'm excited to be going home to see my my wife. And they're like, really? <laughs> Haven't you yeah. been married Hell a long yeah. time? <laughs> like, come, yeah. oh, I, I've yes. gotten so spoiled. Uh, Melissa's well, me, been working at home for uh, two and a half years now. And today was one of those rare days. She actually had to go to the office and this house is so quiet. I don't like it. I married her because I want to spend all of my time with her. And I, I loved it when uh, the lockdowns meant she started working from home full time. Mm-hmm. Let me let me just address the two things you mentioned, then probably time to move on because I think we beat this sure. to death already. Um in terms of the uh, in terms of the idea that we're endorsing a, a an immoral lifestyle, the, to me the essence of conservatism has always been what what is real. The, the the reason the Constitution works is because it takes into account human nature. It works with human nature and and acknowledges human nature rather than trying to say that no people will behave, you know, uh, no people will look after their own self interest. That's why the Constitution works because it addresses human nature. And if and if you're going to accept the reality on the ground, you realize that there's not that that it's not conservatives that are presenting uh, promoting a moral an immoral lifestyle. That immoral lifestyle is going on, and what's and there's not and there's no denying that. So if those if you want to take this position, I'm not being flip here. I'm not trying to mock it, but. To me, isn't the real issue? Look, if this person, if these people decide to do something that that, that you think is going to send them to hell, it's their decision. The thing that we are most concerned about is the innocent child. That's a result of this, right? That that child doesn't have a say in any of this, yeah. right? So we're not we're not promoting an immoral lifestyle. What we're trying to do is we're trying to minimize the damage that's a result of an existing moral lifestyle. And then that brings me to my second point, which is looking out at the wider scene of the pop culture, there is a rapidly growing sense, rapidly growing sense among everybody, but especially among young women, that this idea of being, you know, young uh, young uh, girl boss who has her own $100,000, $200,000 a year salary and this, they are cashing out of this fast. Women out there don't know why men aren't asking them out anymore. They don't know why they're not being, in, why the men that they do get to see on on Tinder are such, you know, trash. And and more and more, I hear more and more women saying it's because there's we have not given men any reason to commit to us. All we do is bitch and yell at them. We don't give them any respect. We don't give them anything. You know, we, we just we just constantly. It, believe me, it's happening very, very, very quickly. Large, large numbers of young people are realizing that this this bill of goods that they've been sold is is just not true, and they are rebelling against it. They don't know exactly what to do in some cases, but I can't believe the number of videos that I've seen in the last month, either from women saying how badly men have been treated or from black people saying how badly white people have been treated. That is really important, and. And so this this then becomes part of the solution, right? Or we can keep doing what we're doing now, which I'm not. It's not working. Oh, yeah, I'm not in favor of because all we do is play defense and just get pushed a little bit further back, a little bit further back, a little bit further back, and on a good day maybe we gain two yards and then we lose seven, right? And and you know I want to win. Uh, Big picture here, and I'm only using this issue. I know we've kind of kind of beaten to death, but I'm only using this issue because we've been 
It's the one we've been talking about. And that is if we want to make the case that uh, long-term stable marriages that you raise your children in are a positive good, what better place, what better time to make that case than after we've taken the, the unwanted pregnancy thing off of the table and let people have a taste of this unfulfilling lifestyle that they think they want? We can. Scott's got it right. We we not. It's not a lie. We're not lying when we say to the, to these people we we want the same things that you do. Right? That's not a lie, and that's not that's not you know political prestidigitation. Yeah. It's true. You don't want to get pregnant and go to and deal with that. We don't want you to get pregnant and go through with that. So. Why don't we, the party of the party that actually knows how to make things work, rather than the party of perpetuating misery? Why don't we step into this 40, 50 year old crisis that's been going on since the arrival of the pill? Why aren't we the ones that come up with a solution to this and present a better life and a happier life for everybody? That's how you win voters and win elections and keep them, right? And you can yeah. do this all across the board with immigration and 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 healthcare and all the rest of it. Present a better alternative, but you're right, and say, we're presenting this because we care. We were fighting the old system because we care. But we got to do something different, and we got to do something different that does not sacrifice our principles, but rather amplifies them. I'm done. Okay. 